welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am super excited today for our guest, Kim Marie. I'm going to tell you all about her in a second. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that I have created this guided experience for your holiday season, and you're going to love it if you really want this year to feel a little bit healthier, a little bit less overwhelming, and you're just dying to add a little bit more purpose around this time of year that can just feel like we spend too much money, we eat too much food, it's too busy. If any of those things are things that come into your world during the holiday season, which I define sort of from uh, Halloween through the new year, then you're going to love this guided experience. And you can check it out at www.plansimpleholidays.com. And it's super simple, you guys. It's short, five to 10 minute recordings. So if you love listening, you'll love it with worksheets that that you can just do. And the worksheets aren't like extra. They're like actually like planning sheets. So through these worksheets, you're planning meals, you're planning what gifts you're going to give but you're doing it in a more intentional and organized way so that you don't have all these things lingering, all these choices lingering, which tend to add to the overwhelm. All right, so I would love to see as many of you as possible go through this guided experience. I'm calling it a guided experience because I don't want you to think of it as another course, another thing to do. It really is just a way to organize the things that you're gonna have to do anyway made it super affordable. So again, go check it out at www.plansimpleholidays.com and grab your experience. All right, so that's happening. Now, the guest we have today, Kim Marie, she is amazing, you guys. She's a transformational life coach supporting her clients to awaken their inner wisdom and transform their lives. Doesn't that sound good? And I met her actually just this week online in a Facebook group because what she's doing right now really stuck out to me. So if you've been listening lately on the podcast, you know I'm kind of obsessed with the holiday season, thus plan simple holidays. But I just want to be clear that the reason I'm so obsessed with the holiday season isn't so that our holidays can all look like Martha Stewart. I'm obsessed with the holiday season because I really feel like it's an opportunity It's an opportunity for us to really um, dig deep and live in this time of year as sort of the season is calling us to live. And interestingly enough, I think the season is calling us to sort of go deep within ourselves and to be quiet. You know, the days are really short. They, They want us to be quiet, yet... This world we've created is actually really loud, and a lot of the traditions we've created are really loud. So I feel like there's moments for that that make sense, but we've created so much of it that it's hard just to hear what we actually want. And it's such a magical time of year, and it's such a magical time of year to actually give ourselves the space to really dream and come up with what we want and create a vision for our lives. And so Kim Kim has created this amazing journal that is meant to go from Christmas through January 6th. And I was reading all about her journal and it's just prompts to really get you thinking, you know, before you go to sleep and when you wake up what you dreamt, um, because she, like me, really feels like being quiet during this time of year, you can really get a lot of insights to how the rest of your year should go. And I think this is why we have a lot of the New Year's traditions that we have, just because this has naturally come up over time. But anyway, I digress. So she created this amazing journal, and I'm so excited to get my copy. In fact, I got a couple copies because I'm going to give them as gifts. 
But a practice that I have done since I got myself a little simpler, a little healthier, and a little happier during the holiday season is that in that week of vacation, when it gets sort of quiet after Christmas, I am obsessed with this idea of planning and journaling. And I've purchased a couple that I've done sort of workbook style. I've done years where I create my own book um, or just spent more time writing and reading sort of um, books that are about personal growth that I haven't had time to read and then reflecting and writing on those. But it's just such a great time for reflection. And so I'm super, super excited for this book that she has created called The Sacred Nights of Winter. And we'll tell you all about how to um, get your copy in this episode. But I'm really excited about what she did. And we'll talk a little bit about how the food interacts with this idea um, in the episode, although we don't go too much into the food. But just, just know that when you can craft this time between now and January to just be nurturing, you will be so, you'll be so grateful. You'll be so grateful at the end. So I hope that you can take some nuggets from this, whether you end up getting the journal or plan simple holidays. I hope that you can take some nuggets from this conversation today and just create little bits of peace, of quiet, of health, of happiness in your holiday season. All right, you guys, let's get Kim on the show. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So where remind me where we're finding you. Where do you um, live? I live in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Right. And you've yeah. got two boys. I do. I do. They're 15 and 12, 6th and ninth grades. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of energy sometimes with those boys. Oh, you bet. You bet. <laughs> Entering adolescence is a whole new world. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I alluded this to a little bit in the intro, but I was super excited to find you yesterday. So usually things don't happen this quickly in my world, but it's so fun when you see somebody just floating around social media. We were in a Facebook group together um, that that really resonates. So I'm so excited that I found like I found you and that you're here. And so not everyone listening. So sometimes I refer to my kids and where they're in school and stuff, but I think actually that might be a good place to start because where we found each other was in a community of moms who I guess don't all send their children to Waldorf schools, but are interested in the philosophies of a Waldorf school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is uh, what, you know, really grabbed my attention yesterday because there was another entrepreneur (laughs) in that group. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So let's, let's take people um, let's take people through a little bit and I can add to this conversation as well in a sec, but, but tell us a little bit about, um, why Waldorf is important to you. Cause I think that that dovetails into what you've created and what in the end I want people to know about that you've that exi- that I want everyone to know about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, Waldorf education is something I've actually had my kids in since my oldest was 18 months old. And really where it fits in for me the most is that I had such a passion for natural parenting and natural child rearing. And, um, you know, I think natural has evolved for me over the years. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing when I had kids like most of us don't. But but I found in a natural parenting magazine an ad for Waldorf education. And it just really struck me how how holistic it is and how you know, nurturing it is for the kids. And, and it's founded on a philosophy called anthroposophy. Not that that's particularly important, but, but it is something that I chose to learn a lot about because I really loved what I was seeing in the classrooms for the kids. And I really wanted to understand how this was meeting my children and how it was really honoring their developmental stages. Like the education really focuses on readiness, like developmentally appropriate learning, um, as opposed to kind of pushing things on the kids or just having a canned approach, if you will. And I really loved that. And it, and it turned into something that really became my spiritual journey. And so this, um, this, this journal that I have, uh, for this season is really built upon that spiritual 
development, if you will, that stemmed from my connection with Waldorf education and I, anthroposophy. I love that because it's funny because my my story started actually when a whole bunch of stuff came together, sort of dovetailed, but it was it happened to be when we found Waldorf. So I didn't find Waldorf quite that early for my first child. Mm -hmm. um, so I had experienced a bit of um, main, the mainstream nursery school life <laughs> um, yeah. in, a, in a busy city. Because we we live in Boston, and um, I found Waldorf actually looking for kindergartens, uh -huh, and yeah. it was interesting because I didn't initially fall right in love with it because I was used to all the pictures that I had in my head of what nursery looked like or what kindergarten looked like, if that makes sense. And it was colorful and bright and <laughs> not quite like in the stereotypical way, but definitely not in the Waldorf way. Like I loved wooden toys and stuff, but, but just in a different sense of them. So when I first walked in, I, I actually wasn't sure. Like, and I had a, a young guy who they were saying, you know, he's going to be so smart and he can read early and all these things. And I didn't really know what to think of it, but I was very drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And somebody told me to go back and look at the eighth graders. Yes. And I went back and I'll never forget it because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a group of 15 people who nobody in their right mind would ever expect are having conversations with each other. Um, yeah. But here they are, <laughs> like all in yes. one room, like totally respecting and listening to each other. And yes. everywhere else I went, even to the most alternative places, I realized that it was like an alternative mold of a similar person. Does that make sense? So like even at like the, you know, offbeat school, it was still all the boys were in black with a little bit longish hair. You know what I mean? So it wasn't yes. like all preppy, but it wasn't, it was, it, it was interesting. And I was just like, that's it. And I couldn't quite put words to it. And I still wasn't comfortable with everything that was going on in kindergarten. But when I saw, like, I would always go back to the eighth graders um, and now I have one. So <laughs> yeah, it's, quite, it's exactly. quite nice to see how that journey has worked out. Oh, completely. Um. <laughs> I so resonate. I so resonate. That's exactly how we, we found it too, because, um, you know, I found the school through the magazine, but Waldorf is great having festivals of the year that really honor the rhythm of the year. And yeah. there's one in the fall called Michaelmas. And yep. I went to a Michaelmas festival with my then, you know, one year old or 18 month old. And, um, and we talked to two eighth graders and they looked us in the eye. They shook our hands. They were so articulate. They were such fine young gentlemen. And I thought if I can give that to my son, I so have to do this. And now, like you're saying, now my son is a freshman and he looks people in the eye. He knows who he is. He's confident. It blows me away. And I yeah. feel so blessed. Yeah. That's so cool. So that is a, great segue into this idea of rhythms of the year yes. um, and festivals because I think that that um, talks a, a lot about what we're both interested in right now because one of the other well before I go into the actual holidays um, one of the things that also struck me and it struck me it has struck in me since I sent my kids my now eighth grader to, you know eight years ago to school um, because I have looked at other schools in the past eight years and what strikes me is the quiet. So yeah. the rest of the world is really loud in comparison to Waldorf School, which is so interesting to me. And what's interesting is it's, it's calming as an adult as well. So I can't even imagine what the noise is doing sometimes to our kids who are, mm. you know, taking everything in. But to me, now that we're moving into you know, the holiday season um, and Halloween for some of us, I think marks the beginning of that. Um, if we're not in this festival culture <laughs> of starting with Michaelmas and all the other things that are going on in a Waldorf school um, is that it's an opportunity for all of us to get a little quieter. Yes. Yes, exactly. This time of year is, it's really, um, it, it's often referred to as the in-breath. You know, this is where we get to breathe in and start going inward and get quiet within ourselves. And it becomes an incredibly potent time if we're willing to let it be, if we're willing to step outside of the chaos that usually comes with the holiday season, you know. Yeah, well, that's what's so, cause that's what's so interesting because that's what we, over, at, over here at Plan Simple Meals is what we're working a lot on is how to um, – create the space to actually, you know, have the holiday season that you might want, because it's interesting. It is 
it's hard. To, uh, so, so you have created this amazing journal, which you can go through and tell everybody what it is um, around us as the, I mean, the adults, right? Getting quiet, but it's yeah. hard, like, it's, let's talk a little bit about getting to that space where you could actually yeah. sit down and quietly have this experience of journaling for 14 days um, yeah. in the middle of the holiday season. I, I mean, <laughs> to, to me, it makes so much sense because it's like cold and it's dark when you wake up and it's a time that I feel like is begging for quietness. Yes. But when the second you walk out your front door and have to go, you know, buy groceries, you're just confronted with something that's so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great point. And it's so great that you're talking about this now because the more that we can plan ahead for it, the more we can make it possible. Yeah. And I know that sounds so, you know, basic, but it really is true. I think I think most of us get caught off guard by the holidays. And you know, my mother used to get totally stressed out every holiday. She would make it really beautiful but she would be so exhausted and so stressed out. And I just, when I was very, very young, I said, I am not going to do this. And I really made a commitment. And even before I had children, <laughs> I used to do so much. Like I would do my shopping often before Halloween, if you can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> because I did not want to be in that rat race. And now with children, yes, it gets a little harder with children for sure. But I still really try to make sure I, I have a list of what they want and the things that we're going to do. We have certain traditions that we put on our calendar we stick with those. We might shift them a little bit from year to year as the children change in their ages. But it's like that, that begins to be set now, like you're talking about, you know, we start, I start to plan for the holidays now. And, um, and, and I, and I'm ready for it when Thanksgiving comes so that after Thanksgiving, you know, the journal that I have is really focusing on the time between Christmas and and what's known as Epiphany, Mm -hmm. um, or January 6th, uh, or the Three Kings Day, you could call it Mm -hmm. as well. But, um, But I also really work with the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas as well, just from a preparatory standpoint. You know, really, I have candles, we have nightly time together where we're celebrating the season of Advent. We are you know, having that quiet time, reading stories. I read stories to my kids so much when they were little. I miss it now that they're older and they're not <laughs> as into it, you know, but it's still something that we we continue to hold those nightly rituals. And so I think when you approach the season that way and you plan for it that way and you decide and you commit to it, it really is amazing what can happen. I, I, in my coaching, I always tell people declarations are powerful. Yeah. So make a declaration for yourself And commit to it, yeah. And the declaration can be super powerful right now because possibly over time, somebody who's like, oh my God, if my holidays weren't stressful, I would be the most excited person ever. Um, But it's already like, I've already promised that I'm going to go, you know, to my mother-in-law's on Christmas Day and to my cousins on Thanksgiving. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's people listening who are like, well, I've already like, we're done. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, we already have the plans. Yep. But yep. what's interesting, I think, is that when you make the declaration and you look at the calendar and you see that, like, Thanksgiving is a day and, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate is a day. And there's days around that, right? So it's like, how do you bring that intention around, like to the time around those days? Because you can change those days by just changing the time around it. So if if those days, because, and I think people bring to the holidays, mm, like how you said that you, you know, you knew when you were little that your holidays were not going to be stressful. Mm -hmm. Like we all bring something different. So, you know, I've talked to people who feel like their holidays were lonely, like nobody Mm -hmm. was there. And then other people who are like, oh, my God, if one more family member walks in the door, I'm going to, you know, throw up (laughs) because it's like too many people. So so we we all come from different situations. But a lot of times, whatever that situation is, can cause stress. And so it's like if it's so depressing because your family lives far away and, you know, the neighbors are all away because it's Christmas day or whatever, then the day before and the day after plan something really exciting or the week before plan something really exciting. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we put so much emphasis on those days or if there's so much family coming on Christmas, then, 
you know, one of the things we do actually not Christmas, but Thanksgiving is the day after Thanksgiving. And that's a whole other talk because we've since this tradition started changed Thanksgiving as well. But we just started like lighting a fire and literally everybody got a good book at some point the week before Thanksgiving. You know, I would just ask everybody what they wanted to read. We'd order, I'd order it on Amazon. It would be here. And we would just like, we don't leave the house on that day. We just light a fire and we read. And, you know, it's like Thanksgiving comes at this weird time of year when it's like been go, go, go for everybody for school day, you know, even at a Waldorf school, it's, you know, it's, it's been busy and it's been busy in all both my husband and my work. And so that day after Thanksgiving, it's just like, oh my God, finally, you know, we can just exhale. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's a great ritual to have. And it keeps you out of the rat race of Black Friday and all <laughs> yes. that other stuff. So, yeah, yes. it's great. Which, which I feel great. like I've somehow entered with a planner. But anyway, that's a whole... <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know, right? Okay. Well, you know. Well, and, and to, to tag on to that, too, that, you know, that I love what you say about the space around the days. Because one of the big things that I also found, you know, I always knew that I wanted to make that time special but I would make the day, like, let's say Christmas Day, so, so special. And then it was like, you feel this low afterward. And I've talked to so many people who feel that. Like, they, it's kind of like you hit this peak, Christmas happens, and then the day after, you're just kind of going, now what, you know? Mm-hmm. And the idea around what you're talking about, whether it's after Thanksgiving or, you know, what I work with with this journal after Christmas, it's sort of honoring this time as a season, not a day. And then yeah. the season you end up looking at it in terms of how you as a person relate to the rhythm of the year and the seasons of of nature and and how what's happening in nature is also happening in you if you're willing to pay attention to it and connect with it and that ends up helping in that declaration when you decide okay here's what I'm going to do and I do create a season out of it you know mm-hmm. when I say I have things on my calendar it's for the season it's definitely not only about one day. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's, I think that's so important. And, and, and being able to look forward to the the season that I think some of us, some people have come to dread. Yeah, um, I shouldn't say yes. us anymore, because I now love it. But that was not always the case. Yeah. Um, by, yeah. you know, by any means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. So so let's dive into a little bit. Let's, 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 let's fast forward. So well, let's see. Are we going to fast forward? Let's let's fast forward to what it could look like um, in this time between Christmas and um, the sixth of January. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then let's backtrack a little to like get us there. So yeah. So tell tell me a little bit about the process and. Um, you know, I know not everybody listening is religious or chooses to celebrate Christmas, but I think that this goes so beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why I really wanted to have you on. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, and I think that's, I, I, that happens at Waldorf as well. Like, you know, at Waldorf, we use a lot of, a lot of symbolism. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so tell us a little bit about the, the journal and, and what it's like, like, I don't know, give us a synopsis and explain why it's so important to go inward at this time as yeah. busy moms we, that we are. Definitely. Okay. So, so the journal, I mean, we've already touched on the fact that it really kind of begins now. And, and if you look at every wisdom tradition, pretty much every wisdom tradition has some kind of festival of light Mm-hmm. and celebration of the spirit realm around this time of year. And, you know, you can think of like Dia de la Muerte with the, the Hispanic cultures and um, and All Souls Day in the Christian culture. And, and you know, that's kind of what the pagan um, Hallow's Eve, All Hallow's Eve was for Halloween. This is kind of a time when the veil between earthly and spiritual realms becomes very thin. A lot of people start noticing their intuition a lot more. They feel a little bit more connected. They might start remembering their dreams or noticing really potent dreams. And this is, if we think about nature and what happens, we have on the winter solstice, the the shortest day of the year, the longest night, okay? So it's the darkest time. And even though when we look outside, 
the earth seems to be sleeping in a way, you know, it seems like everything's dead and all the leaves are gone and there's no flowers blooming and it's cold and it's dreary and maybe snowy and all of that. Actually, the earth is the most awake during that time, but it's all happening below the surface. Mm, And it's, yeah. And it's the same thing for us as human beings. I mean, we're part of nature. (laughs) And so we have a whole lot going on below the surface if we're willing to tap into it during that time of year. And that's why this journal has become something. So I've been doing journaling for 13 years now. This is my fourth edition of putting out a journal of my own because I found it so helpful to have it as a guide based on what I've discovered really works for creating a map for my own life in the coming year. That's yep. what's so remarkable about this time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, and I, as I, I think I shared with you before we press record, but I have as well been doing this practice. Um, I've, I just found you yesterday, so I haven't used your journal yet, but, but every Christmas, um, the day after Christmas, I start to sit down and really spend time, you know, and I've, I've bought journals that are sort of more workbookish and I've also just taken out a sketchbook. Um, but there is something about that time. If it, if you can make it quiet, um, yeah, that stuff just comes forth. And, uh, you know, if I look back at what I write during those days, like that's my next year always. Yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And it's, you know, it's you're one of the few people that I've talked to that actually has come to recognize that about journaling. I know a lot of people who use a journal, they're often referred to as holy nights journals or things like that. But very few people actually have made the connection that that journal really becomes like a guidebook for your life if you if you work with it in in a way that um that really pays attention. So just to give a simple example, um, each night, so there are 13 nights from, from the 24th of Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve and, um, of December, and then into through the evening, the night of the 5th of January onto the 6th. So that first night is kind of this introductory night, if you will. And then you have these 12 nights and each of those nights correlates to a month in the coming year. And so the insights that you get on that day or the dreams that you have, or the things that happen, or you could even go deeper and, um, you know, I've pulled oracle cards, or I've, I've, um, you know, paid attention to the astrology of the day to consider, you know, all of the energies that are kind of present on that day. And so, for example, the December 25th to the 26th, that night, any journaling and things that happen from sundown on the 25th to sundown on the 26th, when I journal, that time correlates to the time of January in the coming year. And so I might have something happen and I don't necessarily know what it means, but I've had so many instances over the years of using this journal where I'll run into a challenge like in the middle of the year and I'll go back and look at my journal and I'll go, oh my gosh, that's what that dream meant or that's what I was writing about and I didn't know this was going to help me in this challenge I'm facing now in my life. I love that because you've just simplified my life because my process has always taken me three, like I've always given myself, I pretty much have given myself three days every single year, like, and not, nobody gets much from mama during those three days. <laughs> and it's kind of like the reading day after Thanksgiving, except I feel like on that day, we're really all snuggling and playing footsie by the fire. The, the three days after Christmas, whether we're at home or somewhere else, I just find myself just you know, writing, but, and so, but I, I tend to get the whole year out in those three days. So I love now that I have 12 days. So thank you. Yes, yay. <laughs> I like that. I like that each one correlates to a, to a different month. And, and there's Absolutely. magic to the, the listening, um, yes. that, that I think can happen at that time of year. If, if you let it, I mean, it's hard to listen if they're, if it's crazy. I mean, I think it's, it is hard to listen if it's crazy and busy and, yeah. um, not centered. But that's Definitely. why we're going to go back and talk about how to get centered. And we'll talk about that in a minute because I think there's lots of things you can do right now. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is that the whole writing down of things. So I yeah. think that there's it's really important. And I don't even know if you know this part of my story, seeing as we just met and all. But um, I have a planner called the Flow Planner. And I just think that there is magic in in writing and I get asked all the time why I didn't start with the app 
which I'll have an app someday for everyone listening, but it's on purpose because I <laughs> yep. actually explain how people can use the flow planner with their Google calendar to get it all digital. But yeah. the writing down of things is just really yeah. important to make them happen or to not make them happen or, you know, um, I, I don't know when I don't write things down, they don't happen as I, you know, not that everything happens as I want it to, but you know, do you know what yeah. I like? What I mean, when you when you I don't write it down, it's different, know. and you don't act yes. on it in the same way. Yes, and there's something. So anything artistic. This is what I I teach a lot to clients and and whatnot is you know, anything artistic is meeting your soul. And that includes writing. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that comes out of us when we're bringing something from within us and creating it, whether it's creating it on a page of paper or, you know, with writing or with a paintbrush or whether we're sculpting something out of clay or moving our body to create a dance or playing music to create, you know, some kind of composition. It, 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 there is a level of the soul speaking to you when you allow yourself to actually, you know, put, put something out there as opposed to um, letting a computer do it. And yeah, you got to punch the keys on the computer, but it's not the same as a direct connection. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's not. And, and I don't think you always get the same, you don't always get the same things. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's totally a place for the computer. So for like example, Absolutely. let's go through an example. Like, you know, uh, let me think of a non bit, like, let me think of a more health related thing. But so I have gotten, um, you know, I've gotten all sorts of thoughts during that week. So one year I had the th thought, actually, you know, to be honest, my whole, um, before I really did this intentionally, I was always wanting to do it. And uh, my daughter's birthday is, my youngest daughter's birthday is in February. And uh, about four weeks before her birthday is when I initially realized I had to change the way I ate. And so that pretty much dovetails straight with that time. And, mm. and then you take action, right? So like, it's like you get this idea like, oh, it can be different. It doesn't have to be this way. I could have more energy. Um, I could feel better. I don't have to be sick, whatever it is going on for her for the listener. Um, it doesn't, we don't have to yell this much, whatever it is. And you sort of get this idea of it could be different and it sort of opens up and you can write about it. And then you can go in and be like, okay, what's my first step? And that might end up on your calendar. You know, I mean, that might end up in your computer, but it's yeah. just knowing like the, um, it's, it's hard to, I think the part we miss is that we have that dream or we have that thought. Um, yeah. and we, yeah. And, I agree. and I, then I, we I, don't get it at, we don't share it or get it down or write it down or put it into reality. Exactly. Exactly. I used to always handwrite my calendar. And a couple of years ago, I went all digital. And actually this year, I'm doing a blend of both. And it's working so much better. I actually mm -hmm. put like hard appointments in my digital calendar. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to kind of planning out or envisioning my month or my week or how that's going to go, I'm sketching that out in my handwritten planner. And then if I need to, you know, transfer some of that to the digital, I do. But what I end up doing is working around my hard appointments in the digital calendar, having my, my handwritten calendar there with me to work with as I go through the day and carry with me so I can jot those ideas down at any yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, I love it. All right. So I have, we're going to wrap it up soon. So let's, I have one question that I didn't warn you about, but you're going to love it that I end every <laughs> podcast with. But before we get there, let's just, let's just help everyone listening, come up with a few tangible ideas for um, if having some sort of experience to journal um, for a 14 day period sounds really like a nourishing thing to do. We're going to also explain how you could get this journal, but how do we get from today to the space where we can make time? First of all, how much time do you think we need? And then how do we get to a place where we can give ourselves the gift of that amount of time mm -hmm. each day? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I honestly, I have come to find, you know, you can take as, as little or as much time as you want. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is how we set the intention um, I personally have expanded my process over the years. So I spend a lot of time during that 14 days, um, you know, 13 nights journaling. Mm -hmm. And, but what, when you're just getting started, what I recommend is, is you set an intention to have a little bit of time to journal before you go to bed at night. 
and do the best you can to see if you can get up before the children and journal a bit in the morning. If yep. that's all you start with and and committing to that quiet time, that's really great. And so a really great way to set yourself up for that is to pay attention to when you're going to bed at night, you know, when you're um, shutting things down for the evening and maybe start practicing that now so that you don't find yourself going, oh my gosh, I can't seem to shut down ever at all any night. And you've kind of got your, got a jump start on it. And, um, and then the other piece too is, I mean, because this is between Christmas and, and January 6th, you know, Christmas shopping and whatnot is often done, although there's a lot of holiday parties running around. If you do the after Christmas sales, all kinds of things <laughs> that people do, whatever they do, it's like deciding, you know, what do I really want to commit to? Yeah. Maybe there's a, there's a music concert I could do that instead of all those other things that I run around and do that will nourish me to, to be in that space. Maybe I can make sure I, I get a bunch of candles for my, my home and my living room where I'm going to sit and journal um, by the fire or whatever. I mean, think about what would make it special. Create a sacred space for yourself to do that ahead of time so that it becomes something you're looking forward to for yourself. And I have to say... When I really started doing this practice, um, it just became the thing I gave myself for Christmas. <laughs> you know, exactly. like it was like nothing yes. that happened on Christmas seemed to matter as much anymore. It was like, okay, how do I simplify? And one of the things, you know, we talk a lot about is is food over here. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, right now I make extra broth when I make broth. I... Um, if I were to make like vegetable lasagna, which I haven't done yet, I would, I will freeze an extra batch of it. I'm doing that next exactly. week because I'm doing, I, I do everything publicly so that I actually do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's all these ways right now that it can, because I find that for, there's a certain age of kids, like both of us are coming out on the other side of it. I mean, I still have an eight year old, but um, there is an age of, of children, you know, from that two to, you know, or baby to seven, where it can feel pretty overwhelming in that two weeks yes. that you are, have them at home from school. Yep. And so yep. if you're in that stage, the good news is they still hopefully go to bed early. Um, yep. So you really do get that chunk at night. Mm -hmm. um, but also there's just these little things that you can do now to just feel ahead of the food and to make sure that like the people who are coming to visit you at the uh, the holidays are actually helpful people. And, yeah. um, you know, that you're clear about what you want and, you know, just some more clarity we can get now around, you know, how that two weeks unfolds. I think it becomes less of a, a shock because I definitely remember yeah. when that two weeks felt like, are you kidding me? Like even my husband had to go to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really is. I think there's something so special about, you know, setting the intention, but also giving yourself permission to say yeah. no, to say no, if yes. you don't want to do something, if something seems overwhelming, and then giving yourself permission to take time for yourself. Huge. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And and for anyone who's never done, either feels overwhelmed by the idea of writing or planning, or I definitely I do here because we help people plan is that sometimes people feel like that feels like more, more work than, mm -hmm. than less work, like another to do. But when you really dive in and I think we should all play around with diving in with as many different things we can in our lifetime. Um, it, 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 it feels as nurturing as like a massage or a pedic, yes. you know, it's just different. It's just a different yeah. massage. It's well, and when a we part of our life. <laughs> oh, totally. And when we look when we look at it less as planning and more as just just being in the inspirational flow. That's one of the things yeah. about this journaling process during this time is that it it's a practice of being in that flow and just jotting things down as they come instead of feeling like, "Oh my gosh, I have to figure this all out right here right now today." Yeah. And <laughs> that's a, and I think that that's so important for moms. Yeah, because exactly. we don't allow ourselves to go there yet. We like yeah. go out of our way to figure out how to get our kids into all these extra things so that they yes. can be in the flow. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of times we put them in so many things that we actually take them out of the flow. But that's another story. But, um, <laughs> you know, so so we we can have it, too. And that's what's absolutely. Yeah, that's what's can okay. be so cool about this time of year. So tell us how to. Um, get the planner because there's like a special deal and that's why we're put in this live right now. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, the the journal is going to sell for uh, $30. And through Sunday, so through November 12th, it is on sale for $25. And it's a full color, um, nearly a 100 page journal. Um, So it's got all these lovely images and um, something that can just nourish your soul on that level as well. Um, The the tactile senses and experience, but also um, you can, you can go to kimmariecoaching.com forward slash sacred nights, all one word, sacred nights. And that's where you, there's a page that tells you all the details about it. You can order the journal from there, get more information about it from there. And um, it'll take you to an order page to, to do that. And it'll be shipped to you. Awesome. So we will put that in the show notes. And I have to say that the, the 12th is... Um my eighth grader's birthday. So, Oh, happy all, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, it's a good day. We all need to get our journal on that day. So I <laughs> personally have ordered mine by the time this goes live. I'm super excited. Um, so anyone who's in my world, you can, you know, be messengering me during that time. <laughs> I'd be, oh, cause I will be doing awesome. it with you. Um, Yay, and, and then, and they're just, just to yep. make a quick note, they're going to start shipping on December 5th or so. So, cool. um, they're not going to come out immediately cause they're still working, uh, in, in the final design and then they'll go to print, but these are the pre-orders and that's why there's the sale so that we yep. can know and, um, that. And that also means that they're, if you're, don't have to ship it yourself, that you're, it's a great gift, right? For somebody else who yeah. would benefit from some absolutely which pretty much as every woman around so yeah yeah and I have I have couples that work with it too I have a lot of couples in the local area that they each buy one and they sit together to do it they make Mm. it a practice together which is a lovely way to work together during that time and keep it quiet and get commitment from your partners that you're going to do this together and hold the holidays in this way I love that because then you don't get like wait wait aren't you going to watch the Netflix series with me like wait wait (laughs) it's like taking away a distraction (laughs) yes exactly exactly yeah um all right so we're gonna we it's funny because we have not talked really at all about food but the question that I ask everybody at the end of each episode is to tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you um because of aha the food or you know something you learned while at the table Oh, I love the question. And I'm immediately reminded of Thanksgiving. So I, um, I love what you're doing so much because it, it's, it's helping us nourish ourselves. And, you know, I've struggled, I've wrestled for a long time with various food sensitivities and whatnot. And I did a whole gut healing process that I started, gosh, about six years ago. And I committed to it for three years. And the first time I had Thanksgiving dinner, with this protocol, I chose to be super creative and find ways where I didn't have to give up all of my traditional things that I loved for the Thanksgiving holiday. And I found ways of making them in the way that I could eat them, which was gluten-free, dairy-free, grain-free, soy-free, mm-hmm. sugar-free, <laughs> all of that. And, um, and I made this huge spread and it tasted so good. I felt high after the meal and I've never felt that way after a Thanksgiving meal because often I, you know, you get that big bloat, you've, you've eaten so much and it's like all this stuff, but oh my gosh, I felt so amazing and I've, I've stuck with it ever since. So every Thanksgiving I make this wonderful healing, nourishing meal and, um, look forward to it. And it was just this huge moment where I realized wow, we really can eat with all this amazing yumminess and still feel great too. Yes, I love that. And actually that would be tip number whatever. I don't even know where we got to with those tips of how to set up for success of simplicity going into that time to be able to journal because all that sugar doesn't make the journaling any easier, you know? No. No, and it is so worth it to get off of it. I love what you're doing and encouraging people to be mindful of that because, and the journaling, you know, like you've said, they dovetail, they interweave, you know, when we get mindful and we connect with what we really care about, what really matters to us deep inside, which the journaling can help us do, it spills over into the way that we eat. I didn't do this because 
I wanted to go on a diet. I did this because it was like my own inner wisdom saying to me, this is what you need and tapping in, you know? Yeah. Well, and just, uh, I don't usually go much farther after that question, but I just need to say that for me, it was the opposite. So for me, I decided to go on a diet (laughs) and the food connected me in the way to all the stuff that was, you know, that I could pull out in journaling and a more I spiritual practice. So, exactly, you know, exactly. it's all connected for sure. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yay. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I'm glad this all worked out. I hope everyone grows and grabs their planner by Sunday. And yeah, thank yeah, you. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's oh, wonderful to be you're here. Welcome. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I really loved connecting and talking to Kim. I do feel like if we can all transform this time of year, we can just create a peaceful and happy world just doing our our little part. So I hope that really resonated with everyone. So we've given you two ways that you could do both. You could do one to really help transform your life, both Plans Simple Holidays and Kim's Journal. So you can head over to the Plans Simple Meals website and check those out, or just maybe you remember the links in your head. But I also always want to share three doable changes that you can just integrate into your life with the stuff that you've got already. I really do believe that if we can integrate one doable change at a time and really focus on it fully and fit it into our lives that over time we will have this whole toolboxes of toolbox of habits that we don't really have to think about anymore whereas sometimes when we're really craving a big change we go all in and we try to do a hundred things at once and for some of us we can make it a week we can make it a month. Some some of us even make it a year, but eventually something happens. A child gets sick, something happens with work, and we haven't really cultivated those habits in a way that fit with the, the life that we're leading, and they it sort of all falls apart. So that's why I really like this concept of once a week, choosing one doable change to focus on. So you can head on over to the to plansimplemeals.com slash 101 at any point that you want to, and you can grab 101 changes that I've created that are um, around health and wellness. But at the end of every episode, I also like to share three doable changes from the actual episode. And Kim shared some great ones today. So doable change number one that I'm going to share with you today is simply to map out your holiday season. So stop thinking of the holidays as just a series of one-day events. It's a season. It's actually, you know, eight or nine weeks long. And if we start to look at it that way, then we can make space for the way that we really want to show up. All right? So this could involve taking out a calendar, putting in some key events, as Kim shared. And then as I shared, if those events don't resonate with how you want to feel, then create stuff around them, either quiet time or, you know, time connecting with other people that you really want to connect with around those events so that you can feel like each thing that you're doing this holiday season is nurturing. All right. So map out your holiday season. Number two, journal the 12 days around the new year. So there is something, no matter what tradition you come from. So Kim is tapping into the dates from the Christian tradition, but no matter what tradition or no tradition that you come from, there is something magical about the new year. And so pick a two-week period around the new year and just spend some quiet time. Commit to spending some quiet time writing out the things that are coming to mind. I personally love early in the morning. If you have little, little ones, sometimes you can be woken up sort of not willingly by a cry. So in that case, maybe it's after they go to bed, quiet at night. And Kim gave a great tip to include your spouse if you have one. And that's really helpful so that your spouse isn't pulling you away from this thing that you really want to do because we can all benefit from it. So doable change number two is journal for 12 days around the new year. Doable step number three is contribute the food that you really want to eat to your holiday. So Kim shared a beautiful story at the end about how she totally transformed Thanksgiving at a time when she felt like she couldn't eat anything. 
So we can all do this. We can all make food that really nurtures us. And if you're being part of somebody else's holiday and someone else is cooking, just bring something. I have to say that I make this beet dip and this sunflower dip, both which you can find on the Plan Simple Meals website, that are the biggest crowd pleasers ever. And I always bring the dip with lots of cut up veggies and some gluten-free crackers. And I always bring a dessert. And if there's nothing in the middle that I can eat, I always feel great. So just work around the food that makes you feel great and see how you can contribute and share and really take care of yourself, not sacrifice yourself during the holiday season. All right, you guys, that's what I've got for you. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.